Where'd you get that coconut? Clip clop, clip clop. We didn't have time for any of that jibber jabber pre talk. Straight into it. All right, so I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. This is Beards Cats and Indie Game Audio. And uh, we have and Gord's s- organized. I, we're organized. We made no, notes. I would, say, I would say you're organized. I'm organized. You made like I made notes. Examples. I have example sounds. I I just it's like listen to this them. American Life Radio Lab quality up in here. Wow, we're almost as good as tone benders now. I don't know if we go that far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we're, what are we going to talk about, Gord? Uh, we're going to talk about what is a good sound. And this is going to be specifically in the context of what is a good sound before it goes into the game engine, before it is mixed. Like, what are you starting out with as your source? What is good? Yeah. Because it's a question we get a lot. It's something that we, I think a lot of people don't understand. They like, they want to have taste for what is a good sound. Yeah. But they, they, they need guidance in how to curate that. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gotten a few emails about it and stuff, so I think it's, we can objectively cover what is a good sound going into the engine. Yeah. Cause I mean, too, if you've got a bad sound going in your engine, it's probably still just going to be a bad sound. Yeah. You, there's probably nothing you can do in the engine to like make it a good, good or great sound. Yeah. You know, so you gotta, you gotta start with good source. It's like trying to uncut your hair. That might not work. Might it might not. <laughs> it's like no, no. There is no way to make that work. Um, All right, so we uh, we're gonna play some examples. We've got some examples. We're gonna split it into three categories. Yeah. Um, or three main categories, and then there are two that are too context. Yeah. Specific to spend a lot of time on. We're gonna talk about them, but we don't have an example. Yeah. So I've, I thought it, we'd split it up into just general SFX, like one shot SFX that are tied to an object in the scene. Um, dialogue, yeah, um, and or voiceover, which have to be treated and recorded differently. They do. Um, and ambiences. Cool. All right. So we'll start with VO. Voiceover. So here's an example of some really bad voiceover. I'm in the bathroom recording into my phone with my cat at my feet uh, to give you guys an example of what would be a bad beginning dialogue recording. Okay, so that we, was we heard you. that. That's me. That was you recording how I have received not yep. for games, but I've done linear pieces that were recorded like this. Yeah, I've I've been hearing lately lots of horror stories of like ADR pickups with cell phones, cell phones in, in trailers and bathrooms, and it's horrifying. I'm yeah. so glad I don't have to deal. with I that. had to do a commercial for a large company. Yeah, all the voiceover was recorded on a cell phone, and. There was really not much I could do. Yeah, I, it was. A yeah, I, I guess that's part of uh, what makes a, makes a bad VO. Um, the one of the biggest things is a narrowed frequency spectrum. Which is, if a, you record with something like a cell phone, it doesn't ha- capture all of the frequencies, so you're left with this smaller piece that you're then trying to do stuff with, and you've just got less to work with right from the get go. So if you're if you if you record with a nice mic- microphone, um, you get everything, and then you can whittle away at it. It's like you're given a nice big block of granite to carve into something, versus yep. cell phone recording is uh, here. Here's a half done 
piece that's not that great. Yeah. So let's go over all the objectively bad things about that recording. It's got no frequency. It's it's very small. narrow frequency. It's futzed, yeah. basically. It's yeah. futzed. Um, the other things are there's digital artifacting because it's not being recorded through uh, like analog digital converters. Good ones. Not good it's, ones. It's, not good it, ones. It is. Yeah, right, it, right, 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 right. <laughs> it's going through phone ones. Yeah. Which so are it's, bad. it's not being converted well. It's, it's going through a, a tiny, tiny microphone. With a horrible preamp. Well, and it's being played back as a, I don't know, think it ever spent any time as a loss, <laughs> in a lossless format. So the yeah. digital artifacting is bad. The signal to noise ratio is terrible. So yeah. meaning that the, the the room noise is insane because I had the bathroom fan on. Yeah. Um, Dude, what are you doing when recording with a fan on? <laughs> I don't know, man. Step one, turn the fan like off. It was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first recording of bad voiceover I ever intentionally <laughs> did. Um, so, and for those who don't know what signal to noise ratio is, it's the ratio of how loud is your noise floor to how loud is the signal you actually like. Yeah. And but I'm like, there is a there's a technical description of what a noise floor, oh, the noise I'm floor sure, is. I'm sure there is, but, so. but I think just the SNR is terrible because the noise is almost as loud as the speech. Yes. Big reason for that. And I still get recordings uh, for a few other things, linear things, yeah. that when they're recording onto a camera instead of into a, a field recorder mm -hmm. or recording onto a phone, is that... It will automatically compress. Yeah. And it it auto gains. Yeah. So that when there's not talking happening, it's just like, oh, it needs to be at this level and just pushes all the noise up. Yeah. And and there's no easy way of fixing that. You can't some you, you can't some RX case, it. In some cases you can't even fix that at the source. It's like using bad gear. It's like that auto oh, it's, stuff it's, it's is ruined. always on. It's always on. You can't turn it off. Yeah. Um so it's it's compressing stuff. You're not getting a clean signal. Um because it's for phone recordings. Yeah. It's supposed to be temporary. It's supposed to be something like, hey, pick know. up the bill. It's milk. like, yeah, remember too. Yeah. It's like recording ideas and stuff. Um, and the other thing, it's it's roomy as all hell. Super roomy. It, it sounds like it was recorded in a bathroom. Because it was. Okay. And so why is roominess bad in the context of game? It's especially bad in the context of games. It's bad in all media Um Really, some might argue otherwise. Fair enough, but I'm getting to my point. Mm -hmm. um, it's really bad in games because you don't know the majority of time. You do not know where it is actually playing back. You use your game engine to give you your reverbs and your space and your context. Mm -hmm. So when it's already in there, you're like it. It's always in a bathroom. Well, you, maybe your dude is yelling in the middle of a field about the artillery strike that's about to happen to him. Yeah. It, now he's yelling about an artillery strike in your bathroom. Okay. There are a couple other bad things that need to be noted that are not in that recording. Yep. Um, and that's uh, distortion, uh, clipping distortion. Yes. So it did have digital distortion. Yeah. But clipping, like I didn't shout. It wasn't too loud. <laughs> um, and that's another thing you have to look out for. Yeah. These are things that can't really be fixed easily. Yeah. No. Or you're wasting money if you're spending time fixing yeah. it. So that's bad dialogue. So now we'll play a good, good example. Here's some good dialogue. Now I'm in my vocal booth with a pop screen and treatment and a C414. And uh, this is a little better. Also you. And also me. <laughs> I'm, I'm organized. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, no room noise. No room noise. No background noise. Nope. Full range. You know, proper mic. So like 
full range of frequencies. Yeah. You could, I could take that and turn that into whatever I wanted. Yeah. And that's pre-treatment too. So like yeah. we can take that and make it better. There's still, yeah. there's still preamp it's, sound. But there's everything that I would need to be like, I'm going to turn this into a voiceover, a guy speaking through a radio, a guy yelling on the other side of a field, anything. I can process that into what I need because it's got Because it. everything is there. It's the full, better metaphor than the hair. Yeah. Okay. It's the full block of marble. There you go. Rather than already a statue and somebody's statue of of the thinker and somebody's like, actually, I want a full-size elephant Yeah. You're out like, of this. Damn it. Yeah, damn, can't do that. Um, so we don't need to spend too much time on what's good, I think, because I think you don't you don't need to avoid what's good. Yes. <laughs> avoid what's bad. Avoid what's bad. Okay. Next up, we're gonna get into sound effects. Sound effects. So things to note are specific to game sound effects versus film sound effects. Because film sound effects can be a lot longer. Yep. Like your final asset can be as long as the object is on screen, yeah. right? Doing what it needs to do. Sa game sound effects need to be dynamic, which means a lot of the time they have to be a lot shorter. Yeah. Or split into multiple parts. Yeah. Um, so this is where this isn't a podcast on what's a good sound for any media. This is very much specific yes. to games. Okay. Here's the bad sound effect. That was funny thing is that we're going to have to annotate that legally. Yeah. In the podcast. Right. Because that's what it said on freesound.org. If you ever want bad sound effects, I mean. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> or just one variation of a good sound effect. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what did you think was bad about that? Um, was that a horse? It was labeled. A, it was labeled or, as a or horse. A, or a bird or. A, a meadow ambience or I, I I don't know what that was it was I was searching for horse because I have recently bought the boom horses library and I was like I know I have excellent horse yeah. sounds so so that to me the, the first thing was it was like very muddled with a whole bunch of sounds it wasn't yes. a unique specific thing that I can put into a game engine and turn into something it was like well no this is a a scene of a horse walking through a field in a in a whole package. It, yeah, it's everything together. Yeah. So unless, so in a game context, it's horrible. Unless you're doing like an RPG with just a static image yeah. of a horse walking through a field. I could use that in a <laughs> cutscene. There was a very specific horse walking through a if field. If you had with your animators animate to that specific sound effect yeah. in a locked cutscene, it would be okay. It's great. But it, I, I can't use that in a game. No. Can't be done. No. Um, because it's too many things mashed together. Yeah. Like, we need everything to be discreet. Yeah. Um, the, the wind was noisy. It, was, it also had characteristics of the bad voiceover. Yeah, it was noisy. Well. It's noisy. Um, the, like, the, it wasn't recorded to, like, as, the preamps weren't as loud as they should have been. Yeah. 
So when we do that, we're losing tex texture. Yep. Um, anyways, so here's a good recording of a horse. So that, that's from the Boom Horses Library, which yep. is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, it was nice. It was clean. It's just the hooves. Yeah. So that we can use that. We can use that on a war horse. We can use that on a horse dragging a buggy. We can use that on a bear on a wild horse with nothing yep. on it. Um, we're not we're not constrained or we're not going in and trying to remove like metal from it. Yeah. If it happens to have a saddle. I, I here since you put me on the spot. Yeah, uh, I would say there's also elements of it being a bad sound for games because uh, it pans. Yes, it moves, so no, it'd be hard to, hard to cut up. Yeah, no, and because it it, it not only pans but it also um, increases and there's then a Doppler decreases. On it. it Dopplers a bit. Yeah, so I did know that, but yep. I was kind of in a hurry. But I was gonna say like we can, it has probably like. The three to five clops, clops yep. at the peak amplitude in the middle of the of the Doppler. Yeah, that you could cut out. You can cut use. those out, and you can use those. Yeah. And if there are, if I have in my library multiple passes like that, because this is what when we went out and did our our big footstep recording session. Yes. That's what was happening the whole time too. So we've got kind of three or four, like at the loudest in the middle, that are useful. Yeah. But then we do a whole bunch of passes. And then we chop those out. So I guess I should have just cut the middle out and just played the two. It should have just been like clop. Yeah. <laughs> should we just but go you, back you, and pretend that that's... But you get the point. Like <laughs> That's still starting from a, a good source point that I can then chop up and make into a game asset. Yeah. You know, it's the other, the other, the bad one, I couldn't cut footstep or horse steps out of that. No, not unless you don't want it to be like clop. I would just... <laughs> <use> the, the, <laughs> I would be like giving RX a serious workout. Yeah. When I'm I'm pretty sure we have coconuts here. Some kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now next I know Matt holds this close to his heart. Is uh oh no, you know what the other thing I really wanted to hit on, which yep. is very game specific. Yeah. That like it's definitely not as big of a problem in film. Mm-hmm. Is that and this is the this is the free sound problem? Yeah. Is there you get one variation? Usually people are like, I have this great sound. Yeah. One sound. Yeah. And that's like breaking the cardinal rule of game audio right out of the gate. Yeah. Is it like if you've only got one, what are you what are you going to do? Just trigger that one over and over and over again? Work on a Japanese game. Yeah, yeah. You can work <laughs> work on something from Nintendo. Yeah. Or you've got the one perfect sound, and then that's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or if, if it's you're UI, not... if it's UI, you're good to go. Yeah. But if it needs to take place in a realistic world of any kind, you're out of luck. Nobody makes the exact same footstep every single time. No. So. All right. Next up. Next up, ambiences. So I've I've taken some shots at some strangers on free sound. So again, time to take some shots at myself. Very nice. So spread the load. So here's a crappy ambience. So I recorded that. Apparently, most you admit to a recording most, that. Well, hey, we all have <laughs> our bad days. So most 
the most glaring deficiency. What what do you think is the most glaring deficiency? There are many. There's many. It's mono for one. Yep. If you're going to do one. an ambience, just I just yeah. forgot to change the settings. <laughs> <laughs> it's mono. Uh, there's a. It's an ocean recording, but there's a. There's freaking, a whole, there's a freaking boat in there. Yeah. Which, unless you've got the exact same boat go by at the exact same time in your game every time, you can't use that. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a bunch of extra stuff happening in there. And it just sort of makes it all... It's interesting when I listen to it, it doesn't really... I'm not distinctly hearing extra things per se, but just like it adds up to just this mushy thing. Yeah. It's, that's, it's indistinct. It's, it's, a, it's very it, white noisy. It's white noisy. It's boring. Yeah. There's no variety to it. Yeah, it's a bad sound, and for some reason, it's still in my library. But <laughs> you never need no when you might I'm need a pack rat. white noise with boat. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a 1940s <laughs> fishing game. It's all coming through the radio the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, and here's a good one. Uh. Yeah. Here's a good one. Another. Well, this one's okay. It's a recording of mine. Well, so, you, well, you got it in stereo this time. It's in stereo. It's still not perfect because it was recorded on a cheap recorder. But yeah. Um, but this is also for people for people that are wanting to get things done cheaply. Just knowing how to record. Yeah. You can nope. you can do it. Like that's an okay sound. Like I'll probably still use that. I won't use it that loud. God. But, yeah. But, but it's usable. It's usable. It's like when um I needed hand grabbing pipes for Mark of the Ninja. I mm. just had an H4, not an H4N, the old first H4 Zoom recorder. It's the chipped, only, chipped from stone. It's the only recorder I had. And I'm like, I ran out and I recorded a bunch of like close mic'd pipe grabs. Like I recorded as best I could with that gear. Mm -hmm. Used it in the game. Once I chopped it up, I made it, you know, work. And a lot of it was knowing how to work that crappy piece of gear the best I could. That's something that I'm learning about my booth, which I'm loving more and more. Yeah. It's, so we had we had that party. Yeah. To, we had a... Parkitect screaming a, a party. Parkitect screaming party. I need like a million screams. So whoever's listening, want to be in Parkitect? I need some screams. And other stuff. <laughs> Don't just do it. Ask me first. I need a bunch of other things. As with all game <laughs> stuff, it has to be specific it screams. It has to be very specific. Um, but like... Because I know that room so well now, yeah, and and what it can handle and what it can't handle, we had a, like a full on party yeah. outside outside my studio. People are in the booth doing our dialogue, yeah, and it's fine, yeah. It's like it's not bleeding through somehow just because I know I know my mic well now. I know how hard I need to push it, yeah. I know where people need to be positioned, yeah, and. I could, and it's the same with a handheld recorder. You can mm -hmm. get actually okay spot stuff. Yeah. You just got to know where to put it, where to face it, you know, where, how where to, to put reject your game. what, you know, is around you. And and uh, how to perform the sound you want yeah. as well. And keep learning more about the high gain, high, like self-compression almost, you know, yeah. like, be, like, like compress the sound <laughs> just by doing it like really quiet. Yeah. And turning it up really loud or just in cranking your preamps, basically. Yeah. Um, so anyways, the other things are good about that sound. The waves are specific. It's yeah. just waves. Yeah. That's all we want. They're not the best waves, but it's just waves. Yeah. So that works. 
And here is another bad example. It's a wind. You always need wind. Oh God! That's a wind. That was, I, it was called. Uh, it was called cold winter wind. I think. I think that was somebody's vacuum running. It sounded like a vacuum. Without the actually, it would be a really great recording of a vacuum where you just got the wind noise and not the vacuum mechanicals. Yeah, it's like it. Di- I didn't hear it when I heard it. I wasn't like, this isn't useless. Yeah, but it's not a wind. No, it's um, it's 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 noisy. Which wind is is noise, but it's like noisy in a really boring white, you know, white noise like kind of the way. waveform is just a f- basically a flat line. Yeah, there's no variation to it. There's no variety. There's no like dynamics. Yeah, it's also it's pretty harsh. It hasn't been EQ'd at yeah. all. I don't think it, it like there's been no effort gone into it to make it a more palatable sound. Yeah, there's no flavor. Yeah, to it. So. So, here's some good wind. This is from Tim Preble. So, it's got variation and variety. It's full. The spectrum on it is huge. Yeah, it's full, but not in a, like, broad white noise way. It's got you just tons of character and details. Like you can pick dynamics out, to it. You can pick out the highs, the mids, the lows. Yeah, there's um, movement to it. Like yeah. you could go into any. Like you could take that sound and you could be like, I only want a rumble. Yeah, and easily high pa- or low pass it and just have a rumble. Or I only want I only want mids. Like you could yeah. grab any part of that wind and it's still going to be useful. Yeah. So that's a damn good wind. Well done. So, so those are the examples. Now, the other two things we were going to talk about in a little bit more abstract way of what's yeah. good. Um, UI. I want to. I want to start there because I'm a UI sound freak. Yeah. Um, you good UI sounds are incredibly contextual. Like yes. the what the difference between a good UI sound to me and a bad UI sound. A good UI sound fits within the context of that given UI in game. So if you've got a steampunk game and it's all like gears and levers and then your sounds are all like synth tones, mm-hmm. to me, that's bad. That's you, you, It needs to match. So you're like, oh, it's it's steampunk, it's gears, it's levers. You should have – it needs to be ratchety and like mechanical and like fit the aesthetic. Like the sound aesthetic and the visual aesthetic have to match up. And mm-hmm. that's where your good or bad is, is going to come in. Yeah. You and know? that's where – subjectivity and taste comes in yeah which is the hardest thing to teach and the hardest thing to learn yeah i think i think the broad strokes you just start off with what what's the genre of your game Mm -hmm. you know what's the or the genre of the visuals you know if you're a fantasy game probably using a bunch of synth tones for your ui is probably not going to work no but a bunch of sword clangs and shings and you know what are the physical objects in the game and what can you get out of those? What can you tease out of those things? Yeah, that's always a good way to you to to make good sounds that meld with your game is to mm-hmm. to relate them in some way. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people approach UI automatically. The first thing they think is sci-fi. Yeah, I I don't I think because it is a computer interface. Yeah, and that's it. 
how it has always it started in movies, I guess, is it's mm -hmm. always bleeps and bloops. But yeah, um, it's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very contextual though, like you're saying. So it it you, it's a very very case by case. What could be a great UI sound in one game is going to be a horrible horrible UI sound in another game. Yeah. So you're going to have to go case by case and and look at what is this and match it up. Mm -hmm. um, and music. Yeah. Music is also totally subjective. I yeah. mean, at, at, at the same time, all the previous rules we talked about apply. Yeah. Um, and this is going into the engine. Like I have, I feel the need to keep reiterating that this is, I think a case. any sound can be good in the right context, yeah. but these are, it's about sounds before. Like, so I would say like music needs to good. be, it needs to be well-recorded. Well-recorded, full bandwidth, sound big and full in the context of what it is. And then you can master it for your specific game where you're like, oh, you mm -hmm. know what? I need to I need to make it smaller and cut out these frequencies because they're in the, in the range of a bunch of sounds in the game. Mm -hmm. If it's good sounding, you can do that. If you're just like, well, it sounds like it's coming out of a radio. Yeah. I guess it's always sounding like it's coming out of a radio. Yeah, there's nowhere you can go from there. Yeah. Um, oh, other technical things we can point out though is like, is it does it loop perfectly? Yep. Because um, if it clicks when it loops, that's a bad sound to start with. Yep. That's objectively bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same for ambiences. A great ambience, one that loops perfectly. Yeah, must loop perfectly. Yeah. Um, other things with music, also always should be stereo. I think in games. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'll make it mono, but you can't. Stereoize it, not well, not elegantly. <laughs> no, not nicely. No, no. It's gonna sound like you stereoized it. Yeah. <laughs> now somebody is listening and is gonna go and do that just to prove me wrong. Just prove us wrong. Prove I mean, me wrong. I people. do stereoize things from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been known to happen. Those are my notes. Those are the notes. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the short version of. What makes a good sound good and a bad sound bad? Yeah, and then we can we can cover post implementation another time. I think, yeah. like in the context of a mix, what is a good mix? What is a bad mix? That sounds good. Um, I think because so, one step at a time here. Part two. Part two. What makes a mix bad or yeah. implementation bad? Sure. Or well, we're trying to stay positive. Well, what makes it good? Well, Not the... having these things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I got a, like, just glut of questions. Perfect. Um, from the Twitters and the Facebooks. Um, so uh, we'll start with this. Um, oh, God. I'm the name master. I'm not. Nick Mabane. Mabane. Oh, it's a CH. It's still Nick. <laughs> I'm going with Nick. Uh, what game have you worked on that has had the most audio assets, and how many assets files were there? Uh, what game have you worked on with the least amount, and how many were there there? Um, I'm guessing, because I haven't done a proper count in a long time. Um, Neither have I. Uh, something that I did back at EA would have been the most, because I did like sports projects. And once you involve a sports project, you're just like tens of thousands of lines yeah. of audio. You know, So that's like tens of thousands of files mm -hmm. um lately don't starve was probably the like not non-speech asset heavy game yeah 
that I did. Everything else gets heavy because of, of speech. Mm-hmm. But Don't Starve has got a lot of stuff going on. There. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's since it's a never-ending development yeah. as well. Yeah, we're still working on it. So it's it's thousands. Mm-hmm. It's gross. It's a mess. Yeah. I think, like, Invisible Ink was probably the most I've shipped. Yeah. Um, but Duelist is going to be really yeah. extensive. Like, we've, we've got 300 different characters. Wow. And then and they, they each have their own. It, they have limited yeah. moves, you know, and we don't need to do variations because it's all turn-based. But, um, and, but we're also planning, like, a 5,000-line <laughs> dial via voiceover yeah. amount. And what so, about the least? Mobile. Yeah. I can't remember what I've done with small. I've, I know I've done small stuff. Even small winds up being dozens or hundreds yeah. for me, at least. But there are, I mean, like, like I've done game jam games that felt relatively completed with, you know, 20 or 30 sounds. Oh, I've done game jam games with like yeah. 10 sounds. Yeah, but that's not like <laughs> that's polished, not a real, polished yeah. and awesome. Maybe 100 50, maybe 50, maybe I might have done a game with 50, yeah. 50 sounds. Yeah, probably around there. Under 200. I'm, I'm a, I'm a small game. I'm very guilty or whatever you want to say of like splitting things into lots of events. Yeah. So then are you counting assets or are you counting events? You, you know? know, well, even an event is like, well, technically that's like one animation and I've got three events for that animation. Yeah. You know, split it up into all its chunks. So, which is a good way to go. Yeah. So I kind of like stuff builds up into being more than how somebody else possibly would do it. Um, It doesn't really matter though. You need as many assets as as it takes to do a good job. As are appropriate for the game in question. Yeah. Um, He also asked how many cats make one, must one own before somebody's officially a crazy cat person? Probably one. One. (laughs) You're crazy if you have one. (laughs) <laughs> that was a bad idea. <laughs> and then you got another one. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Chris Trevino asked, uh, what are the top games that have influenced the way you think about audio and its role in video games? You go first. I was thinking about this afternoon. I think I've been more influenced by the people I work with than necessarily any given game I've played. Yeah. You know, I think the, um, uh, Adam Gatos and, um, Charles Deenan and, you know, people like that, that I've worked with and under, uh, Barker, um, these people that I worked with that were more experienced than me. Like I've picked stuff up from them more so than picking apart a game. Mm -hmm. So, that's I think that's where I'm coming from yeah. more than anything. And and from that, from some playing and from the influence of these people, I've formed sort of my aesthetic. Yeah, I would say like whatever that my, is. my teachers in school drove it very heavily. Yeah. And I hate having to always come back to it, but um, Machine for Pigs like yeah. still as far as just <laughs> all the choices being so carefully made made yeah. me think a lot harder about every sound that goes into the game. And I'll say it again because it ties into – this particular podcast yeah and like start like what is the good sound then it's more objective but having a sound that contributes to the theme mm-hmm. like every sound should, should somehow contribute to the theme of your game yeah um i would say one of the i'll, I'll throw an actual game out since 
you did as well. Uh, I think black actually mm -hmm. influenced. Um, and the idea of, they had this idea of the symphony of guns, like all of the guns made a symphonic type, like they cared about the pitch of all of the guns. So cool. that they worked together in harmony. Right. You know, it's like that idea of taking all of your sounds and making them fit harmonically is like, a great idea that I think, you know, that's what it's all about. It's like making everything work together. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a game that back in the PS2 era I played and was like, oh my God, this sounds great. That's sweet. So there, there's one, <laughs> one random game that popped into my head. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we might actually get through all of these. Wow. Yeah, I went pretty short with my... Uh... <laughs> it was good. It was <laughs> my good. Got all these I was awesome too organized. <laughs> Uh, Nils Vanderleest, I'm sorry I murdered your name. Um, after hearing one of the Snarky Puppy albums, uh, we like it here, I'm looking for an excuse to buy a talk box. Any excuse to buy new gear is good in my books. I've saved so much money since I stopped working at Clay. <laughs> not hanging out with Matt. <laughs> I am the worst person to know for your wallet. Uh, the use of a talk box in music is pretty straightforward. How would you go about using a talk box in sound design? Instantly just scream sci-fi. Robots, man. Yeah. yeah. Just scream sci-fi. Robot sci voices, robot UI. Yeah. Run everything you can through it. I mean. And I, I mean, I think the harder you push it into intelligibility, mm -hmm. the more then you can use it for like background ambiences and like computers right. that aren't really talking, but they're like making these like, you know, like you basically sort of like sing notes through a talk box and you're going to get like cool textures. Yeah. I, I would, it would be really cool to see if you could um, tease something organic out of it. Yep. I mean, I don't have one. I've never used one, but um, if you could get something organic out of it, like something that I struggle with a lot is for, in creature sounds is, is like trying to get a better Avox throat, a more natural sounding Avox throat. And yeah. I have a very clever idea about that, which I'm not going to tell the podcast because I want to actually do it in front oh. to be a surprise. Um, I'll tell you after. Sweet. Um, Insider It's knowledge. a pretty crazy idea. Nice. Uh, but uh, like getting the actual sound of the mouth and throat yeah. with any source mm -hmm. is really hard to do. Yeah. And have it convincing and not sound digitized. Yeah. So a talk box might be a good alternative yeah. for that. Yeah. So buy one. That's that's my just buy one. Yeah, I mean, like we just gave you like a million reasons. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh Vile Hartman. Um, I'm paraphrasing because I just made notes of these. These are from Twitter. He actually wrote more, but oh, okay. I, just, I just like distilled it down. Um he wanted to know tricks for getting unexpected weird source. He mentioned that he'd been using a bunch of guitar pedals lately, which obviously I'm a fan of. Mm -hmm. um, I think to me, the trick for getting unexpected source is stuff that modulates and interacts with itself over long periods of time. So that uh, you can yeah, set up, cool. yeah, set yeah, things up that just like will run and you just run and record and it's doing its thing. Mm -hmm. That's how you get happy access. Yeah. And you can do that in the box as well. Yep. Ton, yeah, yeah, tons of plugins you can get feed, feeding back on themselves. The thing I like with hardware, you know, guitar pedals, little toy synths, any any kind of that stuff is you can grab knobs and start twiddling them in ways. Hardware is way more fun. More, you know, are harder to replicate. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you take the time and like set up a bunch of plugins in your box and set them up to a control surface, you know, then you can grab 
faders and and stuff, which is cool mm-hmm. uh, as, as well. So you, it takes a little bit more work, but anytime you can start grabbing things and moving them while you're recording is like, that's where you're going to get those weird stuff. Yeah. The word unexpected in there makes my answer want to be more abstract yeah. and be like, to get unexpected sounds, you kind of just have to listen a lot. Yep. And and that's when you're going to notice, you're just like, oh, I didn't know this object made this sound. Right. Like, when, at last, the last um, sound designers meet up in the parkade after we loaded up, loading up our car. Yeah. They slammed the trunk and it was just like the hugest boom. Yeah. Came out of it. Like huge. And all four of us were there. Like all sound designers were yeah, just like, look. did you hear that? <laughs> None of us had recorders, but <laughs> fail, fail, fail as sound fail. designers. Yeah, that's what like I remember. Up the laptop. But rem- now that I know it exists, we can always go back, yeah. right? Um, so I remember uh, being on a ferry going over to the island one time mm-hmm. and just wandering around the car deck, basically like shoving my ear in weird holes and stuff, so that it, like hearing the engine sounds and the ocean sounds and all that kind of stuff filtering through weird pockets of the ship and then Mm -hmm. being like, oh, this is a cool thing and shoving my microphone in a a Mm -hmm. hole for a little. It's just, yeah, being aware of your surroundings and always carrying a recorder. Yeah. That's how you find, so totally how you can find those unexpected things. Yeah. Another thing you can do is in the box is to use plugins how you wouldn't expect them to be used, you know, using RX and only exporting the noise. Yeah. Stuff like that, breaking your plugins. Just grab something and look at it, and something that you use all the time. Yeah, and be I like, how? What can this like? What? I never turn this knob past this point. What's going to happen if I yeah. do that? I was I was working a song ages ago, um, and I always just slap L one on the on the master just to protect myself. It's mm-hmm. just there, so I'm not technically distorting. I'm hitting the limiter, and I started doing stuff and I was doing this one stuff with this noisy thing and then I had this like really really sub low like oscillating frequency and it started kicking the crap out of the limiter every time it cycled around and it changed everything <laughs> and it was like this is really odd this is not what the t- this is not the two things I put in it but I basically blew out the limiter and it made this whole other thing Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is cool. This is an unexpected happy accident. So then I had to rearrange everything once I figured out what was going on. Yeah. Like take the limiter off the master, put all that stuff through a sub bus with the limiter on it so I could then control it and not have it do it to the whole mix. Yeah. So unexpected sounds don't happen on purpose. It's yeah. more about, it's not about, I'm going to make an unexpected sound right now. Yeah. It's about recognizing them when they do happen and, and taking advantage of it. Setting yourself up for these things sort of things to happen i think is that's where you like weird things that like are going to do things together and mm-hmm. then you just record yes yeah. that's what's great about like, like a modular build it and they will come yeah <laughs> all right uh adam croft what's the best taco you ever had best taco best taco we're probably the worst people to ask we're we canadian live, we're canadian in vancouver yeah there's you know there's like there's taco fino two. but that's like you take somebody from like who really knows tacos there and they're still yeah. going to be like, well, this is okay. I like La Taqueria. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a burrito guy. Yeah. True. True. Uh, best burrito I ever had was in a small town in um, California on, off of Highway 1. I was hoping you'd say like Chetwind. <laughs> a small town in Chetwind. That wouldn't make sense. No. Uh, possibly one of the best sandwiches I had was uh, next to a waterfall in Iceland. 
So middle of nowhere. <laughs> middle of nowhere food can be good. Um, so his real question, uh, where would you point audio guys to get in touch with more devs? Uh, like we always say, physical environments. Yeah. Find conventions, local, meetups. Find local meetups, gatherings of Shake some hands, man. Yeah. Yeah. And no. then after that, there's the game dev subreddit. This is way after, though. Like the step below meeting people in person yeah. to meeting people online is a very large step. It's not to code. It's way bigger than a code-sized step. Yes. <laughs> the building code is like, that's not a step. Yeah. Yeah. This is barely acceptable. So you want to go to conventions. Yeah. I'm firm in person. In person. You know. And um, it's been interesting. We've been talking lately on um, uh, the Game Audio Slack channel about cold calling. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you're going to be cold calling people, you need to be very specific and researched in your cold calling. Yeah. And and there was a bunch of people who were talking about they've had really good results with that, but they they put a lot of time into researching the company. Playing their games. You know, really yeah. knowing what they were about and then starting off really sort of small. Yeah. Just a, like a one-liner almost email of like, hey, like, no... Hey, I li- really liked your stuff. If you if you ever need some audio, give me a holler. Yeah. And that's it. Or like, hey, name, space, then comma. <laughs> I'm really interested in all caps lock, your company name. <laughs> the worst. That makes people really mad. Yeah. Don't, really mad. Don't do that. Don't do that. Take and your don't, time. It's the same Jeez. with, I think, as, as cold calling as it is with uh, meeting somebody in person. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't go for the hard sell. Don't be the used car salesman right away. When you meet yeah. somebody or you send them an email, you just want to be like, hey, you do awesome stuff. I just want to let you do awesome stuff. If you ever need anybody, like, maybe I can help you out. Yeah. Not, hey, I really love your stuff. I really think that I could do the audio better than anybody else. Here's my company. Here's my card. Here's my demo reel. People are like, oh, my God. Pretty hard sell. Don't do that. I don't know. Relax. <laughs> Soft sell it. Um. And yeah, I don't know where else to meet people. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I've been so far out I of think freelance, I'd, be, I'd die if I had to now. Yeah, we run the closest to the secret underground movement <laughs> in <laughs> Vancouver, and it's not very secret. Um, Jay Fernandez said, our lovely guest from last episode, ah. um, advice for designers on a budget, what's necessary for awesome on the cheap? I don't know, go listen to like the other 20 episodes. <laughs> it's the indie game podcast jay I, I i would sincerely answer that with just use what you know yep don't worry as much about being original use what you know is good get a recorder uh, that's the one thing i'd be oh, like yeah. get get a recorder if you can afford a hundred dollars for a recorder get that if you can afford more do that mm-hmm. get the best gear you can with what you've got and work it mm-hmm. work with it and get to know it and just whatever you've got you know yeah I don't know. I don't think there's any really secrets. Watch for sales. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the most of the stuff I would say about they're really just like normal, like finance stuff. Yeah. Don't over, don't overbuy. Only buy what you need. Yeah. I feel like we're just ripping through things. Yeah. Well, it's content full, chock full of just content. Chock, just balls to the wall content. <laughs> uh, Topher um, asked about, 
Uh, when dealing with hard time constraints, where can you save slash earn back time without sacrificing quality? Ugh, I don't know, Topher. I don't know. I would say learn um, learn your processes, learn your batch processing, learn your your like how to use your gear most effectively. Yeah, that's what I would say. As you know, <laughs> like know your libraries. Yeah, which is kind of like not something you can rush. But I'm yeah. way faster now just because I know what exa- exactly what sound I need. This is for like the hear dog, see dog, yeah. see dog, hear dog type thing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I instantly start thinking of, of stuff like, oh, I've got to process like 10,000 lines of speech. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I batch process this so I'm not bouncing out every single individual file? Yes. You know, it's like find things that can be automated into a process. Uh, look at like what Rene Coronado does with um, Keyboard Maestro mm-hmm. and stuff. He's got like all these automated scripts so that like he's not manually doing a whole bunch of stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, here is an action that is exactly the same every time you do it. If you can make one key press do that yeah. instead of five, mm-hmm. you're saving time. Yeah, if you can become a master at Reaper, you're probably going to be pretty efficient because yeah. of the macros. But So I think that's how yet. you <laughs> save time is is learning your tools and learning the shortcuts of your tools. But you know what saves me the most time? Yep. Making faster decisions. Yep. I spend, I lose more time to indecisiveness than any other thing, I think. Um, Though, like, macros have helped a lot. Knowing all my shortcuts has helped a lot. But I still will spend a long time on something just because I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to do. So if you take a little more time to plan yeah i think it'll get stuff done faster oh audio suite everything audio suite everything i'm (laughs) hooked hooked i I would say that's that's one of the biggest reasons i do that that workflow Mm -hmm. um i've talked about a lot with forces decisions yeah it makes you make a decision and go forward yeah you know and it's like maybe it was the wrong decision maybe you've got to throw that out but you're still committing to an idea and you're running with it Mm -hmm. and you're seeing how it works you're not like oh put this plugin on here and then I'm going to automate it. Well, maybe I can change it later. And exactly. Then you're tweaking. Yeah. You're just, you know, you're just tweaking all the time. Rather you're like, than no, forward. I, um, I audio suited that EQ on that. So there's no low end left in that. Cause I didn't want it moving on. Yeah. And you're probably like, if you leave all these options open to yourself, you're probably like, you were probably 95% of the way there. Yeah. And then you're going to spend like three times as much time getting the final 5% around with- and some projects that's conducive to, but oh, some projects it's not. Yeah. Oh, kind of related to uh, um, what we were talking about before. Uh, Richard Sims asked, what's the coolest happy accident sound effect you've ever made? I'm actually like, I don't know. I'm I'm drawing a blank on that. Uh, the other day, we were doing a, a new creature for Don't Starve, and it was it's a it's a thing um, going into Shipwrecked. So it's an aquatic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, this just isn't big enough. Like literally in the game, it's huge. It's a big monster boss creature. And I was like, this needs, these needs more. This needs like throat ripping vocal distortion. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, go turn the mic on. I'm going to do some screams. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is a little fried right now. And that's because I yelled my face off two days ago. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing that last night. And that's, and that's what I did. And it was, it's, it was awesome. It was, I don't know if it qualifies as a happy accident, but I was talking with who was making that sound. I was just like, hey, this is what this needs. Oh, I'll just do that. Maybe that maybe that'll give you what you need. Yeah. 
And he directed me, and I gave, you know, it was like longer, shorter, louder, whatever, and just shredded my vocals for a couple things. And he's like, perfect. Like, nice. That was, so I've had a lot of, I, I think I, I get more just like those sort of recording, yeah. like me making sounds turns into happy things, like the gobbler and stuff. Yeah. Too. I don't, like, I can't think of accidents as more of just like things that were conveniently better than I thought they would be. Yeah. Worked, I was doing a bear documentary, and there was a, I was like, oh, this bear's rolling around and scratching itself. What the, what the heck can I do for that? Yeah. And I looked beside me, and my cat was sitting there, so I just scratched my cat. <laughs> I was patting my cat really close to the mic, pitched it down a bit to make it bigger. Yep. Perfect bear foley. Awesome. <laughs> it's about knowing your surroundings. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I think about, uh, I grew up as, as a BMX kid, you know, and I did street riding, and it's, it's the same sort of skateboarding where you view... Because of it, because you're doing these things, you know, you're riding handrails and ledges and jumping off of things. It's like you view architecture differently. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see just a set of stairs. You're like, that's something I can jump off. I can jump from here to there and I can do this. And sound to me, when you really get into sound, I feel you do the same thing. You hear the world differently. Nothing's yes. just the world. It's what are all these pieces I can use to make something else? Yeah. And so when you're really tuned into and aware of your surroundings... And cool. always have a recorder with you. You can start to like find these things and pull them apart and you know add them to your arsenal. A cool experience that I had a couple of months ago that was not a happy accident because I didn't do anything. But I was <laughs> in bed and the garbage truck pulled up, grabbed the dumpster, put it down, started yeah. driving away. Perfect Velociraptor sound. So nice. that I was like, oh, well, the Velociraptor is obviously some kind of piston. Yeah. Or some kind of hydraulic air release because it was dead on. Yeah. And I've not heard it since. And it's driving me crazy. <laughs> so that that was cool. That was yeah. like, I was like, well, sound designer brain is in, is like <laughs> running in full force this full morning. Full fact right now. <laughs> We've got one last question. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Right. So. I think we can five point it. We're gonna just, we're gonna touch on it, but I really think we're gonna come back to this and do a whole episode about this at one point. Sure, because this is like worth worth talking about. Sure. I think um, Ashton Morris started off. Several people like chimed in, like "Yes, please." Plus one, talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about the do's and don'ts when hustling for work at GDC or any other conventions? Don't open with what you do. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Conversation first. You you want to make friends. Yeah. Like, or acquaintances or, you know, you know. whatever you want to, you don't, the, the goal. If you're just like hand outstretched first, hey, do you need sound right away? That tires people out. Walls go up. Yeah. Walls go up. As soon as people are like, ugh, this person's only talking to me because they want work. Yeah. It's not like, that's not a fun thing to do at conventions. No, you know, so you just have I, to. I mean, like even, you, you have to, you have to go have fun. Yeah, even personally working like at PAX and stuff when I'm working in the booth. Yeah, I kind of dread a little bit when somebody's like, "Oh, there's a composer over there that wants to talk to you." Right. I'm like, <laughs> he wants work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, vacuum. Here's another bad example of dialogue recording. <laughs> with the vacuum, the vacuum on. in the background. Uh, 
Like mm-hmm. it's just generally always, I get that feeling of like, oh, they just, they're, they're looking for work. And mm-hmm. I've got to be the like, hey, we've got an in-house composer. We're, we're good. Thanks. Yeah. And nobody wants to be that negative person. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, approach people on the like, hey, just, you know, like we we're talking about with the cold calling. If you're just like, hey, you do awesome stuff. Yeah. Like you open with that. Like, oh, that's cool. He likes my stuff. Yeah. Um, I think very rarely have I gotten work from telling people I wanted to work for them. Yeah. Usually it's just they find out I would do sound. Yeah. Or they find out like they I give them my card because you always do that. Yeah. They check it out. They like your stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but usually I just get work from just chatting with people, not about what I do. Yeah. At all, unless they're interested. Yeah. I guess it's too, it's got, you got to be yourself. Yeah. You know, don't, don't be a used car salesman, mm-hmm. um, but be yourself and whatever that is, whatever you're comfortable, like however you're comfortable interacting is, yeah. is important. I'd, I'd say in another, another thing, which is to, you should listen for a year. <laughs> In, yes. Because we've, we've encountered people that are very new and are forcing their opinions on very experienced people. Yeah. And it doesn't go down well. I get, I, I get the feeling it's like there's, they're there's trying people. to say, they're trying to show how much you know about yeah. things. Yeah. You know, you want to show that they're, that they, they know stuff and that, you know, like you're going to be like, Oh, that's a knowledgeable person. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to, yeah. It's better to be inquisitive. It's better to be asking questions, I think, than trying to be a know-it-all when you not, you're not. Yeah. You know? And guaranteed, whoever you are, there's probably a situation you're in that you're not the know-it-all. Yes. I mean, I, I always get nervous post-podcast that I'm like, oh, my God, I've said a whole bunch of stuff and people are going to listen to me. Oh, nervous every time. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and always, we put it up and always somebody's like, oh, by the way, what you said is like wrong here's what i'm like i always get corrected oh really oh yeah oh i get i always I say think you're something like, you're like the twi- the the twitter beacon no yeah. people don't address so people much. are always like oh by the way like you're totally wrong about that so here's yeah. here's the piece of software that does that i'm like and i'm like awesome like, great like <laughs> we have to make notes of those I can um, probably go through and do a whole episode on like, the stuff people have taught me after an episode has come out. <laughs> we should, if we could track it down, I would be, I would do it. Um, <laughs> like, I don't want to listen to the old podcasts, but I, if I did, I could probably pick out a bunch of things I don't agree with anymore. Yeah. Um, another thing I would say, convention wise, don't get too drunk. Yeah. Unless you're only with like close friends, you know. Well, you're there. You're, you're there to work. If you're there, parties, parties are great. Parties are and, great, and they're they're great for networking. Um, but you are like you're at a convention to work, especially if you're like hunting gigs. Yeah, you're working. You don't want to be that asshole in a sense that could destroy your career. Nobody wants to hire that guy. No, it's it's a it's a bad idea. Have fun. Yeah, you know, have a few. That's fine. No, but it keeps stock on your. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it's not a full podcast. Maybe, maybe we're actually getting to cover this. Maybe we actually answered it. Maybe we freaked out. I just saw that. and was like, oh, my God, that's huge. So it's like. It's hugely important, but yeah. maybe it's not hugely uh, the steps. Finessed. The steps to it are, are 
quite simple, really. Yeah. Don't be a yeah. dick. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Yeah. You know, be be yourself. Don't be a dick. Don't overstay your welcome. Try to help people more than help yourself in yeah. a way. Like it's yeah. about getting to know the people and what they do. And hey, maybe we can do something together. Mm-hmm. Not hire me, hire me, hire me. Yeah, exactly. Hired me we're yet? trying to we're trying to build mutual, Are you trying to hire, mutual I thought, relationships. You should hire here. me right now. Yeah, I'll make it. I've got my laptop. I'll make you some sounds right now. What's your game? Mm-hmm. No, I like I. You want your working relationships to feel mutual. Yeah, you know, like it. You should be doing something for people, not just getting paid. Yeah, to do something, you know. And it's it's not that every work partnership needs to be like your friends. No. But the the feeling of like these are my good acquaintances. I'd much rather work with my like good acquaintances mm-hmm. than some stranger. Yeah, right. So you want to build those relationships. So you're at least like, hey, I know these people. Yeah, at least on a professional convention level. Yeah, I would say, and some people might disagree with me on this one as well. Is don't necessarily to pretend if you meet someone you don't know. Yeah, just you know, don't know them. Yeah. Don't pretend you know them. <laughs> If, if like you see, they have like a name tag for a company that you really love, but you don't know who they are. Yeah. Like just be honest, you know, I would it's say like, that's actually a, a great opportunity to be inquisitive about you stuff. You can ask it's so like, many hey, questions about stuff. Yeah. I see that you work for X. What do you do there? What, who are you? Like, what games have you done with them? How long? Like my first, I didn't know anyone my first year. Yeah. Like, because I was not entrenched in the game industry. Yeah. I just wanted to work on games. You know, I'm never, I've never been entrenched in any kind, any form of like pop culture, you know? So I didn't know anyone. I was meeting like, like shaking, I probably, I shook hands with Tim Schafer. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> just important people, but they're all just people and they're nice, you know? And pr- most of them probably aren't taken aback if you don't know who they are. Yeah. Well, you there's know? another thing, a flip side of that. Don't fanboy out on stuff. Yeah. Fangirl, whatever. Don't fan people out on you know, if you meet Tim Schaefer, you can like shake his hand and say, hey, nice to meet you, Tim. Really love your games. That's it. Tim's just a dude. If you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> uh, he's probably not going to work with you. <laughs> I feel like that goes away after like you turn 28 or something. <laughs> I have, I don't have that for for anyone anymore. <laughs> I don't think. We'll see. I'm trying to think of who I would fanboy out on. I've never encountered any like movie stars or anything yeah. before. I've worked with someone. Caitlin does all, all, yeah. all the time, but and I think she fangirls it a bit. Yeah. But. So don't do that. Yeah, try not. Anyways, I think we I think we covered it. Yeah, that's pretty much the the broad strokes of that We're one. Open to open to so much content. Yeah. This is this is a chocked full. <laughs> so just overflowing. It's like a, it's like a with pound content. cake podcast. It's heavy. It's heavy. Dense. Heavy. A heavy cream-filled podcast. All right. Thanks well, for listening. Thanks for listening as always. Bye.